Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a prayer for preservation as we pick up in Psalm chapter 64, verse 9. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. So a prayer of David for preservation from his enemies, for protection, those that were seeking to destroy him with their words. Oh God, turn their devices against them. Be my defense. All those that trust in the Lord and all the upright in heart shall glory. Psalm 65 is another psalm of David, and this psalm looks forward to the glorious kingdom age when Jesus is reigning upon the earth. And so this is a prophetic psalm going on into the next age that is fast approaching. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Unto thee all flesh shall come. Iniquities prevail against me, as for our transgressions thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things, and the word terrible here is an old English word that has lost or changed its meaning through time so that now terrible to us has a whole different implications than it had when it was first translated. The word would better be translated now in our English word as awesome. So because we think of terrible being something that is horrible and all, it doesn't give us the true idea of the Hebrew word So wherever you read terrible, his terrible acts, if you would translate that his awesome, it'll give you a much better indication of the Hebrew. By awesome things in righteousness will you answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all of the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea which by his strength setteth fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas and the noise of their waves and the tumult of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and the evening to rejoice. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water, Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. 
For thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly, thou settlest the furrows thereof, thou makest it soft with showers, thou blessest the springing thereof. You crown the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks, and the valleys also are covered over with corn. They shall shout for joy, they also sing. So the glorious kingdom age, when the earth again is bringing forth abundantly to the glory of God, when Christ is reigning there in Zion and praise is being offered unto him in the courts of his holy temple there in Jerusalem. How God by his awesome work has brought righteousness upon the earth and now is filling the earth with fruit. The kingdom has come. Psalm 66, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Sing forth the honor of the name of the Lord. Make his praise glorious. Oh, that men would praise the Lord, the scripture said, for his glorious works. Say unto God, how awesome art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall your enemies submit themselves unto you. All the earth shall worship you and shall sing unto you. They shall sing to thy name. And here again, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. All of the earth shall worship and shall sing unto thee and shall sing to thy name. God has highly exalted him, given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot, and there did we rejoice in him. So, Take a look at what God has done. Dried up the Red Sea so that his people were able to come through on dry land. He rules by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holds our soul in life and allows not our feet to be moved. For you, O God, have proved us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net, and you laid affliction upon our loins. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire, through the water, but you brought us out into a wealthy place. And so God took us through the fire. God took us through the water. But they were all necessary as God was seeking really to purge us, to purify our lives that he might bring us into that place of abundance in Christ. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Every branch in me that bringeth forth fruit. He purgeth. The word purge is cleanses. He washes it. Now, if you go over to Israel today and through the area between Bethlehem and Hebron, the valley of Eshkol. 
the area where Joshua and Caleb picked a cluster of grapes that was so big that they tied it onto a stick that they carried between them. There in the valley of Eshkol grow some of the most delicious grapes in all the world. And it is interesting that these grapevines grow on the ground. You'll see these big stalks. And they put rocks under them to prop them up, maybe eight inches or so, but they, they grow on the ground. They don't set up the terraces or anything for them or the, uh, the wires and all, but they let them grow on the ground. But they're fabulous grapes. But in growing on the ground, as the grapes are developing, during the summertime, they will come along and they will take these bunches of grapes that are lying there in the ground and they will lift them up and they will wash them in order that they might develop even fuller and, and better, that they might get more fruit. If they just stay on the ground, those that are lying on the ground will sort of rot but they'll lift them up and they'll prop them up. They'll wash them. And Jesus said, and every branch in me that bringeth forth fruit, he washes it that it might bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. There is a process of God in our lives of washing, cleansing. There is also the process of God in our lives of of that purifying through fire as silver or gold is refined. That refining process of God, the end result, the producing of a more quality kind of a fruit for his glory. Because basically that's what God is looking for from your life, that you'll bring forth fruit for his glory. God wants to work in you. God desires to do a work in your life. But never is God satisfied with just working in you. The work of God is in me first. That's necessary. The husbandman must be the first partaker of the fruit. But God is working in me in order that having worked in me, he may now work through me to touch the needy world around me. So God works in you what he can do for you in order that he might do through you in helping others who are in need. So the work of God in me is, first of all, subjective. That which he is desiring to do in my life, but always with God there is the objective in view, that which he can do through my life in touching others. And so we are to bless God and make the voice of his praise heard. He will not allow your feet to be moved. He has proved us and tried us as silver in order that he might bring forth that fruit from our lives, that purity within, that he might bring you into the wealthy place. Oh, how rich I am in Christ. Oh, the riches of God's glorious grace in Christ Jesus. I will go to your house with burnt offerings 
and the burnt offerings were the offerings of consecration. So I will go to your house with with offerings of the consecration, God, where I consecrate my life to you. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. That's when vows are usually made to God, when a person is in trouble. (laughs) I have found that there's nothing like trying to surf in a stormy surf, you know, when it's really running high to cause you to make vows to the Lord. (laughs) I've been up on top of some of those waves looking down, and I said, Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll go home. (laughs) Vows when I was in trouble. Lord, just get me out of this mess, and I'll serve you. Lord, just help me to get out of here. Now go to church. I'll do anything, Lord. Help me. Well, the Lord listens to those vows that you make when you're in trouble. And after he's done his part, he expects you to do your part. I will pay the vows which my lips uttered when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee the burnt sacrifices of the fatlings, With the incense of rams, I will offer bullocks with goats. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth. He was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Now he says, come and... Let me tell you what God has done for me. He has heard. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. But he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. A lot of times we wonder why our prayers are not answered. And one of the reasons for which prayers are sometimes not answered is because of the iniquity in our lives. In Isaiah 59, God declared, Behold, the hand of the Lord is not short, that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your sins have separated you from God. In other words, the problem in prayer is not always on the upper end, which we are prone to usually think when our prayers aren't being answered. What's the matter with God? Why isn't God answering my prayer? Is God deaf? Is he having problems hearing me or what's going wrong? And we usually think that the problem lies on the upper end. Quite often the problem lies on the lower end. My prayers are coming forth from a deceitful heart, from a wicked life. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord doesn't hear me when I pray. That is, if I am am regarding and plotting and planning evil and iniquity, 
Your sins have separated, Isaiah said, between you and your God. Does God hear the prayer of a sinner? In the New Testament, there was a man who was born blind. And Jesus came to him and he said, would you like to see? <laughs> he said, sure would. So Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud, put it in his eyes, and he said, go down to the pool of Siloam and wash that out. So the man went down to the pool of Siloam. When he washed out his eyes, he could see. Now, it happened on the Sabbath day, and so it got the Jews upset. And they said to the man, how is it that you can see? And he told them the story. This man came, and he put this mud in my eye and told me to go and wash. And he said, when I washed, I could see. They said, well, who was it? He said, I don't know. They said, well, we know he's got to be a sinful man because he told you to violate the Sabbath. He said, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know, but all I know is where I was blind, now I can see. But he said, if he were a sinful man, then how is it that God heard his prayers? Because we know that God does not hear the prayer of the sinners. Now, that particular statement cannot be taken for doctrinal truth. Because this is the statement of a blind man in a conversation with the Pharisees. It's just quoting the statement of this man. The truth of the matter is that God does hear the prayer of sinners, or else you would all still be sinners. But God hears you when you said, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He hears that prayer. How much more? I don't know. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord does not hear me when I pray. God said through Isaiah, it isn't that my ear is heavy that I cannot hear, but your sins have separated. They've severed connections between you and God. So David is rejoicing in the fact that the Lord heard his prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Psalm 67, God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Three things. Be merciful unto us, bless us, cause his face to shine upon us. Now, there are some people that would find fault with this prayer. I never like to ask God for anything personal. That's so idealistic, it stinks. I want God to bless me. I want God to be merciful unto me, and I want God's face to shine upon my life. But the motive behind it, that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee. Oh, God, be merciful. Cause your face to shine upon me. God, bless me in order that your way may be known upon the earth and your saving health, that I might be the blessing then actually to all nations, that all people may praise thee. 
Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations of the earth. Jesus is coming to judge the nations righteously. In the 25th chapter of Matthew, we are told of the coming again of Jesus Christ to judge the earth. This was declared by Enoch in the book of Enoch, the prophecy of Enoch. Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon the earth and also to reign righteously as he governs over the nations upon the earth. Now, there are many people that are concerned with the judgment of God. What about a little child that dies before it is old enough to know Jesus Christ? What about people that have never heard of Jesus Christ? What about? Now, the Bible doesn't give us the specifics of his judgment. What he is going to do in specific cases. But it does tell us that he is going to judge the world righteously. So whatever God does will be righteous. It will be fair. It will be just. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 64 through 67 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless and keep you in His love. And may your life be enriched daily as you study the Word. May your life in Christ Grow, be enriched, and develop more and more day by day that you might come to that fullness that God would have you to experience, the fullness of His grace and love towards you through Jesus our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Through the course of the years, you, our radio listeners, have provided us with valuable feedback as to what has impacted you the most, or what has moved you spiritually in your walk with God. 
So it's with great pleasure that the word for today is pleased to offer you a collection of all-time favorites entitled Pastor Chuck Smith's Most Requested Bible Studies. These messages were selected from thousands of studies that were recorded live at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa over the past 40 years. They represent the very best Bible studies by Pastor Chuck Smith. Every message is dynamic and filled with rich insights as Pastor Chuck expounds upon relevant issues on a variety of topics related to the Christian faith. This series will strengthen and inspire you to diligently study the Word of God and apply it to your life. You can order a copy of Pastor Chuck's most requested Bible studies available on MP3 by calling the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. 